Connecting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. As always, I'm Roy, your host, and today I want to have, you know, a really important conversation with you around the issues of sex. Sex, sexuality, sex in the single life, sex in a relationship. And of course, this is an enormous topic. It can be surrounded by a lot of pain and a lot of uh, difficult memories and you know, the various experiences that we've all had. So right at the outset, I want to say that I want to acknowledge that some of the listeners, this might be a very sensitive topic. Um, It might trigger some old wounds. And I just understand that. This, of course, isn't the place in a podcast to deal with those things. You know, I deal with those things all the time with my clients in private sessions. But I just want to acknowledge that as we talk about this topic, that it can be a very sensitive one. The uh, The other thing that I want to mention is that, yes, uh, we can attack this topic from a number of different angles. It's a huge topic, sexuality and so forth. And in this podcast, I, I, I want to have a very limited discussion about something I call sexual intelligence. I just want to have kind of a nuts and bolts, down-to-earth discussion about sex when you're single, the issues that can come up, the problems that can occur, and to just give you some things to think about. And which leads me into the next thing that I want to say, which is I am not discussing any aspect of sex and sexuality from a moral or a religious perspective. That is none of my business. That is, frankly, none of my interest. So when I talk about sex, I'm I'm not going to be talking about whether something is right or wrong. That's up to you. You can have your own beliefs. You can have your own sort of perspectives. If you come at your life from a religious perspective, that's fine. So I do not want you to hear anything I say as you should live this way. You should be having sex. You shouldn't be having sex it's not right or it's wrong or any of that. Because if that's what you hear, then I'm communicating very poorly because I just don't have those opinions about sex. I don't see it as a moral issue. I don't look at the issue or life at all in a religious perspective. Um, but I respect those who do. So you you can hear what I'm saying 
around these issues and then filter it through whatever moral or religious perspective you might have. I just want you to know that I'm not trying to fit you in any box, nor am I trying to get you out of any box uh, or anything like that. I simply want to have a kind of a common sense discussion about sex. And I want to also let you know that I am planning an entire podcast around the complications that can happen in our lives with sex. Sex is sort of an expression of our internal life force. You know, our sexual energy, the way that energy moves, whether it's blocked within us or flowing within us, whether we can embody and own our sexuality or whether we have some particular hangups or difficulties, um, that all stems from how open is our life force flowing through our body? How, how much is our chi or our shakti or spirit allowed to flow through us? In other words, how free is the life force? How alive do you feel? So the more alive you feel, the more, I guess I could use the word happiness, but the more aliveness and joy and openness and flow that's in your life, that shows itself through your sexual expression. So there's going to come a time where I do a podcast where I talk about erectile dysfunction, where I talk about the inability to have an orgasm, where I talk about various sexual difficulties, or I don't want to say dysfunctions, because that sounds so dramatic, but I'm going to address the issues that often come up, especially for people when they're maybe in their 40s or 50s or 60s, there are some other issues that come up around sex. People lose their sexual desire. Okay, what's that about? Is there anything you can do about that? Is there anything to learn when you feel like you have no sexual interest anymore. And of course there is. A lot of men lose their ability to get an erection. They don't perform as well. So a lot of these issues don't necessarily come up when you're in your 20s or your 30s. But as the body ages, as we accumulate more baggage in our lives from challenging relationships and pains from the past and so forth, that can block our aliveness, that can block the flow in our bodies, and it can show up in our sexual expression. Okay, so we're, we're not going to get into all that in this podcast, but I just want to let you know that one is coming, you know, probably relatively soon where we talk about that. In this podcast, I want to talk about um, just basic sexual intelligence. You know, there's IQ, there's emotional intelligence, which I'll do a podcast around that sometime very soon. That's EQ. Well, there's something that I could call SQ, sexual intelligence. And it starts by stepping back and getting a bigger picture. So let me give you a little history lesson here real quick. 
just to give you some background and a picture as to what I believe we have gone through three waves of a sexual revolution. You remember now back in the 60s, we went through the first wave of the sexual revolution, which was sort of the the move from a repressed sexuality to an expressed one, right? So wave number one was about from repression to expression, right? We all know what it was like, or we at least heard what it was like in the 50s and 60s. You know, there were sitcoms on TV where married couples slept in separate beds, okay? So we were very Victorian. We were very repressed as a society in the 50s and early 60s in the way sex was portrayed publicly. Now, behind the scenes, you know, some different things were going on. But as a culture, we were pretty locked down and repressed and there was lots of sexual taboos. Women didn't do the, you know, women didn't do naughty things and men, you know what I mean? There was all of that, which of course, that's a lot of what was behind the liberation movement in the 60s, right? That a lot of it, not just the feminist aspect of it, but a lot of it was wanting to be a bit more honest and authentic and real about sex and not be so repressed and be able to express, right? So women burned their bras and there was a lot more kind of free love going on. People were experimenting. They were expressing their sexuality. Now, you could say that there are some downsides of of that first wave, but I think that mostly that was a really good shift from being, being all repressed and locked down and acting like we're not sexual creatures and we don't have sexual desires to being more free and more expressive um, and just being more honest about it. I just think that's that was a real healthy move, okay? But there was a downside in that all of that free sex, all of the ex- the experimentation and things that went on, you know, around the 80s started to come circle back and there was a dark side to it, which was all the STDs, AIDS, and all of that. So that led into what I call the second wave of the sexual revolution, which was moving from free sex to safe sex, right? It was a big shift in the 80s. You know, everybody's wearing condoms. There was a, there was a, I don't know if you could still find it. Maybe you can on YouTube. There was an SNL um, skit with Dan Aykroyd, I believe, um, so this is way back in the, maybe the late 70s, early 80s, where two people were having sex, but they were completely wrapped up in like um, saran wrap, okay? So like their whole body was encompassed in a condom and they're trying to kiss each other and make out with each other. And it was making fun of the idea that, you know, we're having to wear condoms now and safe sex and and the limitations of all of that. But there was this new wave that came upon our understanding of our sexuality. And we said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're liberated now. We can, 
We're no longer repressed. We can express our sexuality. But hold on. We need to think about how to do this in a safe way because people were really going through some difficulties because of the free sex. Okay? So wave number one, from repression to expression. Wave number two, from free sex to safe sex. But I think, you know, maybe in the last 10 or 15 years, we have been going through a third wave in the sexual revolution. And that is from safe sex to smart sex. Okay, so most of us now are pretty safe. We're either requiring maybe a new partner to go to the doctor and get checked out before we start to have a sexual relationship with them, or, you know, we're protecting ourselves with condoms and different things and Right, So a lot of people are pretty mindful and pretty committed to safe sex. And you would think that now that we are able to express ourselves and we're not repressed, and now that we're being pretty safe with our sex, hey, we ought to be having no problems with sex now, right? I mean, we're not repressed anymore and we're we're not being dangerous. So now we're expressing ourselves and we're having safe sex and you would think that there'd be no more pain and suffering that would be going on around sex because we've made these kinds of advances. And you know that that is the furthest thing from the truth. People can get really hurt even though they are free to express themselves sexually and they do it safely. There's lots of broken hearts. There's lots of hurt feelings. There's lots of devastation that takes place around sexuality. And so I think the third wave is to say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm free to express my sexuality any way I want and I do it safely. But maybe now I got to think about how to do it smartly. Maybe I ought to think about, you know, how to protect myself from being unnecessarily hurt from being played, from being used, from being hurt in some way. So I think this third wave is from safe sex to smart sex. And this is where I want to get into the real meat of what I want to say. Because there really are Um, there's two kinds of sex or you could say two purposes of sex. Now, besides sex where we're trying to have a baby, that's a whole different category. Um, But I'm talking about our sexual expression. Um, I really do think, see if you agree with this. I think ultimately Sex is a form of a celebration. In other words, when when we're sexual, when we're engaging with someone, I think on some level we're celebrating something. The issue is what is it that we're celebrating through sex? You know, because sex can be fun. It can be obviously orgasmic and very pleasurable. It can... It can really be um, 
an expression of intimacy and so forth. So there are, sex is celebrating something. And what I want you to think about, and I'm not trying to put you in any box, but I just want you to think about what is it that you're celebrating? Because once you identify what the choices are, because sex is a celebration it's a, and it's celebrating something. Once you know what the choices are, it affects when you have sex in a relationship. So it's really about being smart and thinking through, okay, what, what is sex really all about? So what I've really noticed is that sex can be something where you celebrate raw, wonderful chemistry, right? Now, we've all had that feeling. If you haven't, oh my God, I wish it for you. One of the most wonderful things that life has to offer is to meet someone and just feel the sexual energy, to feel the attraction, to feel like, oh my God, do I want to rip your clothes off, right? The power of the attraction, the power of that sexual energy. There's nothing like that to feel like, oh my God, I mean, my whole body is on fire. I mean, I, I, I just, I can hardly talk. I, right, there's this, I want you, you know, and we want each other. That is an unbelievably wonderful feeling. It's, I've had it on, you know, with a number of different women, I mean, maybe three or four different women where it's just been off the charts, okay? And so it's fantastic. But what's happening there is that the sexual aspect is celebrating that feeling. It's celebrating the chemistry, okay? And therefore, if you just want to celebrate the fact that you have all this attraction for one another, you will have sex right away. And that's fine. You're celebrating the fact that you have the hots for one another, I mean, you just want to get it on. I mean, you just want their body and you want, and they want your body and you want to, you know, mix up your energy together. And that's great. You're celebrating your chemistry. Okay. Here's the problem. A lot of people misunderstand those feelings. A lot of people take those feelings for love. A lot of people take those feelings to mean we care about each other. We want a relationship with each other. I want to see you again. And I'm sorry, the fact that you have chemistry doesn't mean any of that is true. It could be. But it quite possibly might mean that none of those things are actually true. I just want to have sex with you. It doesn't mean I love you. It doesn't mean I want to see you again. It doesn't mean I want a relationship necessarily. It doesn't mean I care about you as a person. Frankly, pardon my French, I just want to fuck you. I mean, you, you're hot, you're attractive, and I feel this energy and you feel it for me. So the problem comes not from the, the sense that you want to fuck each other. There's no problem with that. The problem comes if you is if you misinterpret that chemistry 
to mean something that it might possibly not mean. And this is where you can get hurt. You can say, wow, we met each other, the, the chemistry was off the charts, and, you know, basically at the end of our first meeting or the, our first date, we just got it on. And I have clients calling me, and they're in tears. And they're like, Roy, they ghosted me. Roy, I, I, I'm not, they won't return my phone call. Roy, my heart's broken. I, I, I got used or I got manipulated or I got played. And I'm like, well, you might have thought that the feelings you had for each other meant something that they didn't. Perhaps nobody got played. Perhaps nobody got manipulated. Perhaps you just had chemistry with someone and you had sex and you sort of scratched that itch. You satisfied that that chemical attraction and that's all it was. And so, yeah, they're not calling you back. Yeah, you're not going on a second date because it was never about that. You were just you were just simply celebrating the fact that you had the hats for one another. And again, that's fine. But you just have to be aware of that situation and be mindful of it and to decide and be smart about what you want to do when you feel that kind of chemistry. And if you feel that kind of chemistry and you're you're okay if there's no tomorrow with them, you're okay if you find out they don't really want a relationship with you and they don't love you, if you're okay with, no, I want them and they want me and I haven't had sex for a while or they are so attractive and there's so much energy here, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. I just want to get laid. I, I just want to feel the passion between the two of us. That's fine. And if it turns out that that's all it is, and you guys have a wonderful time together, right? You hook up and you just have a great time together. And if you both sort of go your separate ways, there's no hurt feelings. Because you weren't expecting anything more than that. You were just living in the moment. You were recognizing there's no relationship here necessarily. There's no connection. There's no love. There's no interest in a future, we're just celebrating the fact that we have the hots for each other. And that's great. And when you recognize that and you consciously make that choice without any expectation of a future, then if there isn't a future, you're not going to be hurt or upset because you went into it with your eyes wide open. I don't I don't know if I'm going to want a relationship. I don't, I don't think there's going to be anything more. I met this person, you know, we had a couple drinks, the mood was right, they were hot, I haven't had sex for a while, and we did it. And it was wonderful. And they didn't even get my phone number. (laughs) You know, that's perfectly fine with me because I knew what I was doing, right? Now, you might have a, a moral problem with that. That's up to you. You might have a religious issue with that. That's up to you. I don't. I'm simply asking you to be smart about what is it that you're celebrating. 
And if you just want to celebrate the chemistry, well, then then do that. But know what you're doing and know that it doesn't mean there's any future between the two of you. Now, the second way that sex is a celebration or sex can be, can the second thing that can be celebrated with sex is when you become a couple, right? So you can celebrate, ooh, we've got chemistry. Let's celebrate that, okay? Or you can have sex and celebrate when you become a couple because that's a beautiful thing to celebrate. Now, becoming a couple, what I mean by that, and you can't put a time frame on that, I've been in relationships that after one one date, we were a couple, okay? Um, there was an interest in a relationship. There was more than just sexual attraction. There was a wanting to be together. So you can know that and you can make that kind of commitment to each other, right? So maybe instead of saying sex can celebrate becoming a couple, Sex can celebrate when a commitment is made between two people. And that can happen after one date. It could happen after four months. It can happen after six months. There's no time limit. But there is a moment in a relationship, in the evolution of two people, where you sort of come to the place where you recognize, hey, we're we're committed to one another, right? It might be a time when you pull your profile down. It might be a time when you introduce this person to your friends. It might be a time, you know, I don't know what, some, some stage is reached where you now introduce this person, hey, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend. We're a couple. We're monogamous. We're committed to each other. We're not seeing other people, Right. Now, again, I've been in relationships where we didn't say that we were monogamous and committed to each other after one date. It was just obvious. Sometimes you have to have those conversations. Hey, I think this relationship has really got some possibilities. I would like us to take our profiles down and kind of commit to each other and let's see where this goes, right? So there is a moment when you become a couple where where it's it's way beyond just chemistry it's like you've gotten to know each other enough or there is an interest in a relationship and you're making some sort of overture that we're in a relationship together now hell that's worth celebrating it's like wow yeah i think we got something here i think we might, I don't know the future, but I think there's something really possible of something really wonderful between us. And I'm with you and you're with me and we're not seeing other people and okay, here we go. Okay? You can have sex to celebrate that moment. But notice, that is going to take place way after the celebration of chemistry. (laughs) There's going to be some distance of time in there, right? 
Now, because a lot of my uh, the relationships I'm thinking about, where after one date we were a couple, yeah, um, that was kind of dysfunctional, right? So, because I have a, a real, real dysfunctional history with relationships, and I've talked about this stuff at length. Normally, you experience chemistry within the first ten seconds. Sometimes even before you even talk to each other, you can just feel like I want to jump all over this person. You might talk for a few minutes. And you already, you already know, I want this person. And there's that kind of energy. And maybe right, right there that night or maybe after one date, I mean, you're going to go at it. Okay, fine. But when you're having sex to celebrate that a commitment has been made, that's usually going to take place further down the road. That might be after three dates or three months or whatever. You, you see what I'm saying? And so, therefore... Sex gets delayed. Now, here's how I tie it all into smart sex. If you're just wanting to have sex, then find somebody that you feel chemistry with and celebrate that and do it. But if you're wanting a relationship, if you're wanting to meet someone, if you want to attract lasting love, then I find it's wiser not morally right or wrong, but it's wiser to delay sex until you reach some threshold where you have a commitment to one another. Now, that commitment might vary depending on who you are. If you might be a really staunch religious Christian and you're not going to have sex and celebrate the commitment until your wedding night. Okay, fine. If that's the way you want to do it, do it that way. Other people might want to wait until they're engaged or they might want to say, no, I'm not going to, I want to celebrate when we move in together. Other people might say, no, when we take our profiles down and we look at each other and say, let's see where this goes. I'm committed to you. I'm really interested in a relationship. You know, that's the time when you celebrate. What I'm pointing towards is that you know what you want and that if you want a relationship, if you're not looking to just hit it and quit it, if you're not looking just to get laid, if you're wanting something deeper and more lasting, I suggest that you wait with sex until you cross whatever threshold that you set to where you're celebrating a kind of a commitment to one another. And the reason for that is is it's going to keep you from having a broken heart, right? There's a lot of people that have sex pretty early and then it turns out that that person really doesn't want a relationship or they're not ready. Perhaps you find out after three or four dates, they're still hung up on an ex. Or maybe you find out that, gosh, their divorce isn't even final yet. Or... They've got something else going on in their life that they're, you know, they're getting a new job and they're moving across the country next month, you know? And so now you feel like, oh my God, I gave, I gave my body to this person. Um, and we're not, we don't even have a future together so I can feel used or feel hurt or feel even betrayed by all of that. So I just tell people, um, 
hold off on having sex and until you find out that the both of you are on the same page that the both of you want the same thing, like you're both interested in a relationship. The other thing too is sex is so powerful, it can sort of cloud your judgment about the relationship. It's like, oh my God, the sex is so freaking good that while I overlook the fact that the person drinks a lot or the sex is so good, I'm sort of overlooking the fact that They can't hold down a steady job. Or the sex is so good, I'm sort of overlooking the fact that they got a pretty wicked temper. You know what I mean? I mean, sex can be very blinding. I remember dating a girl in high school. I was like 15 or 16. And her father, you know, pulled me aside. And he's like, son, a hard penis has no conscience. (laughs) That's what he said to me. <laughs> I just wanted to crawl into a hole and die. But what he was saying is like, when all that sexual energy is going, man, you're like brain dead. You're you're really not paying attention to other things that maybe you should. And so because I've seen so many people get hurt and relationships end, you know, they go for a month or two and then something happens and you find out you're not on the same page. You don't want the same things. You're really not compatible in your spiritual values and things like that. You find all that out, but you've been having sex, which makes the emotional connection more intense and the, the pain and the heartbreak of breaking up is that much worse. But if you haven't had sex and after a month or two, you're finding out that you want very different things in life, that your lifestyles are not really compatible, that your values are not compatible, that one person really isn't that emotionally available. Yeah, they're hot. They're great looking, but they're not really relationship material for you. If you haven't had sex, the breakup in my experience, is not nearly as painful as when you've been engaging in sex. So I just tell people, hold off. There's a lot of time to have sex. Give the relationship a chance to take root. See what you're really about together. See if you're on the same page. You want the same things. I'm not saying to approach the relationship with some suspicion or you know, you're going to interrogate them. Now, I'm not saying have any negativity. I'm just saying delay sex and let the relationship breathe. Let it develop. See if you actually like each other, right? I mean, there are people that you might feel like, oh my God, I feel so much attraction. There's, but the more I talk to them, I don't even know if I like them, but God, I want to rip their clothes off because they look so good. You know what I mean? So, you know, you you sort of, unless you just want to celebrate chemistry, you might want to find out if you actually like each other, if you both want to be in a relationship. And once you find that you really are on the same page and, hey, man, you got something, there's some possibilities here. And again, that could happen after a couple dates. You don't have to wait months and months. You're going to have conversations. You're going to 
be interacting with, with each other in ways where you're going to find out whether you're on the same page with each other in relatively short order, especially if you can see each other on a regular basis. If you meet somebody long distance and you can see them once a month, well, then it might take a lot longer to figure things out. But you let the relationship develop. You give it some space to breathe, to get to know each other, get to like each other. And then when you're like, hey, I think we got something here. You know, I'm online and I actually have a date with somebody else this coming Sunday night. I don't want to go to that. I want to see you. I, I, I'm gonna, I want to take my profile down. I, I want to give this relationship a chance. Boom. Then you have sex. <laughs> right? Because at least you found some level of commitment to one another. Now, does that mean you're going to end up getting married? No, we don't know that. But you're at least setting yourself up to not get hurt by thinking he thinks I'm beautiful. He thinks I'm hot and I'm sweet. And so, yes, let's have sex. And then he doesn't call me the next day because you misinterpreted chemistry for commitment. Okay. So to me, that's what smart sex is. It's not morally driven. It's not religiously driven. It's just like, I want to be smart and I want to keep myself from getting hurt. And I just want to be wise about what it is that I'm feeling here, right? Am I just wanting to celebrate chemistry? If so, you do it consciously, great. But if I want a relationship and I don't want to just get laid, I, I want more, I want sex to be a part of something much larger, then I suggest people wait a while. How long? That's up to you. But you'll know. You'll sort of know when, hey, we're committed to each other. We're a couple, right? And some of the the benchmarks are we're pulling our profiles down. We're not seeing anyone else. I'm introducing him or her to my friends. Hey, I met this new woman. She's wonderful. Um, we're going to watch a ball game. I'm going to invite her. I want, I, want my, you know, I want my buddies to meet my girl, right? Because she's my girl, <laughs> Right? And vice versa. Like, I want my friends to meet him, you know, because he's my guy. That's the point. I want I want to bring him to a family outing. I want to introduce him. Here's one. If you have children, one of the smart things about relationships is because children can bond very quickly and it can be somewhat psychologically damaging to a child to bond to someone who then disappears and they never see again. I mean, a lot of children go through pain of divorce. My, my son was seven years old when I went through a divorce and that really hurt him. And I had some sense of being careful of when I introduced daddy's new girlfriend to my boy because he was going to form a relationship with her in some way. And if I had a revolving door and, you know, every first date I'm bringing her home and, hey, son, here's, you know, here's Julie, here's Susie, here's Mary, here's, right? Uh, that can not be real healthy for kids. So one of the ways you might know that you're ready to celebrate a commitment is when you feel like I can introduce this person to my kids because I feel like this is going to go for a while. 
Like you never know how long something's going to last, right? When you got married, you thought that was going to last for your life, right? It didn't. So there's no guarantee a relationship ever lasts. But you can get a sense that, yeah, I think there's something here. And therefore, that might be another indication of when you're, you decide to celebrate your commitment with sex. When I feel like I can introduce this person to my kids or my family or my friends or we're taking our profiles down. So again, all of that's up to you. You decide all that. I just want to present the problems and the issues and put it out there before you and then you can think about this and be smart. Now, one of the questions people have with this is, you know, how do you talk about this with someone? What happens if you're really interested in a relationship together, but you want to wait longer to have sex than the other person does, right? Um, so how do you talk about that? Do, do I tell somebody on the first date? that oh, I'm just not going to have sex until I feel that a real relationship is forming between us? And my answer to that is, you will know. If you're paying attention, you will know when and how you're supposed to address these questions. The basic answer is, yes, you do talk about these things. You absolutely do talk about them. When? You'll just know. Perhaps very early in the relationship, there's so much chemistry, but you're taking your profiles down and you're really into each other. And um, then you might talk about this, this, this issue right away. Other times it may happen later, but you do talk about it. It, it, it might, you might feel like well, I don't want to talk about when we're ready to have sex. That takes sort of the fun out of it. Um, not necessarily, right? Because if you start dating someone, two, three dates, right? You're going to make out a little bit, maybe at the end of the date, kiss each other. You're going to tell whether you, 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 both of you want more. You're going to be able to tell if your body says, give me some of him and his body says, give me some of her. But you, but you know that you're maybe not ready to take that step. Well, that might be the time to look at your partner and say, I want you with every ounce of my being. Don't misinterpret my holding off is that I'm not attracted to you and I'm not interested. I just have made a commitment to myself to wait until I feel like we are a couple, that we've made some kind of commitment to one another and then I'll be ready to take that step. Well, when will that be? I don't know. It's just not right now. <laughs> right? Um, so you're going to have to be an adult here and have conversations about where you are with sex because it's going to come up. There's going to be attraction. You might not want to have sex right away, but they might. And you're going to have to talk about those things. Now, here's what I can tell you. If I'm a guy and we know you know, proverbially, the, you know, the, the, you know, the, uh, the, the generalization is that guys want sex right away and women don't always. I don't even know if that's true. But let's just say I'm a guy and I have a strong sex drive and I'm attracted to you and I want to have sex. 
But let's just say that I really do want to meet someone and make a life with them. Like I'm really interested in a relationship. I'm not, I don't want to hit it and quit it. Maybe I've done that in the past. Maybe I'm beyond that. Maybe that's just not my real intention. I, I'm horny. <laughs> I want you, but I really do want a relationship. Okay. If that's true, and I think you might be the love of my life, you might be the person that I spend the rest of my life with. Do you think I'm going to have a problem waiting a few months to have sex? Hell no. I'll wait for you because it's you that I want. If it is it that I want, if I'm in this relationship because I want sex, then I won't wait. I'm going to go to that girl over there who's ready to give it up right now. Right. But if, but if I'm actually looking for a partner, I'll wait for you. If, if, if the potential here is that you're my girl, you might be the mother of my children, you might be the stepmother to my children, you might be my life partner, what's a couple of months? I, got, I can take cold showers. It's no problem. So don't worry about delaying sex until you kind of form a commitment with one another thinking the guy won't wait. If he's really interested in you and you're talking about these things and you're letting him know where you are, you're letting him know that you're attracted to him and there's no mystery, you're, you're, you're talking about sex and your sexual relationship and future together. If he understands where you're coming from, if he understands that, man, I've been hurt a lot by having sex too soon. So I just want to take this a little bit slow. But don't misinterpret that like I'm not interested in you. Oh, my God. Um, I can feel you in every cell in my body. I'm just not doing that yet. Okay? If I'm interested in a relationship, I get it. I might not like it. <laughs> right? I might need a cold shower. But I'll wait. I'll wait. So the issue is you do need to talk about it. You do need to bring it up. Now, here's the last thing. And I have to speak on behalf of women right now. The guys aren't going to like this. Tough. There's too many of us guys, and I was one of them, that uh, hurt women with our hit it and quit it thing. Okay? Um, How do you know if a man is just wanting it or if if he's wanting you? Well, again, the guys aren't going to like this. But the way you find that out is you make them wait. (laughs) If I'm just looking to get laid, if I'm a hit it and quit it kind of guy, and you tell me on our first or second date and we kiss a little bit and I I start touching you low on your back and we're really making out and you pull away from me and you're like, oh my God, you're a great kisser. Boy, oh boy, do I want this to go all night long. But listen, it's just not going to happen. It's not you. It's just that I want to wait until we become a couple to where we make some level of commitment to one another before I go down that road. Okay? If that's not a road I want to go down, you're never going to hear from me again. (laughs) Right? I mean, I'm just not going to go on multiple dates and spend a lot of money and a lot of time just to get laid because there are other women who will do it right now. So the way you find out if a guy is just wanting it 
versus wanting you is you just don't have sex right away. Because if he really wants you, he'll wait. Now, will he wait until you get married? Well, unless he has the same religious beliefs, no, absolutely he won't. So if you have that commitment that you don't want to have sex until you're married, you know, you are going to really limit the number of men who are going to be willing to be in a relationship with you. But there are men who hold that same value. So you just have to wait until God brings you a guy who is down with that, who understands that. But that's the benefit of saying, I want to celebrate sex when I want, I want sex to be a celebration of a commitment. The added bonus is you won't get played by a guy who just is charming and funny and sexy and then you have sex and you think he's going to call you again and he doesn't. You know, that won't happen if you decide sex is going to be a celebration of a commitment and not a celebration of chemistry. All right? So we will stop there. I want your questions on this. You know, talk to me about this. Um, especially if you've been hurt and you've got some baggage around sexual choices. That stuff can stand between you and your next relationship because the pain can be so extreme that perhaps you're making men or women jump through too many hoops because you're so guarded and you're, you've been so hurt. So, so hurt. So, um, reach out to me if you feel like you need to get more personal and into a more personal discussion about sex as it pertains to your history and your life. That's what I do as a coach. And you know, I've talked about it many times. I offer a free 30 to 40 minute complimentary session to where we can talk about these things, see if we fit. We can talk about my coaching program, how much it costs, all of that stuff. There's no pressure. So feel free to reach out to me. All right. That's enough for now. We will see you next week for another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.